Welcome to the Time Lords podcast. We go beyond the buzzwords to learn exactly how people are building the industrial internet of things and using time series data to transform their businesses. I'm your host, Lonnie Bowling. Today, I'm joined by guest John Messenger, Principal Pi System Engineer at GTS Group. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lonnie. Great to be here. Thanks. Uh, so I'm really glad you're here, too. Uh, so for those that are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. So um, as, you, as you mentioned, I'm a Pi System Engineer. Um, I've been in Pi for a long time now, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started my career in Pi uh, with OSI Soft, uh, doing, oh, technical su- yep, doing technical support. Um, moved into training, uh, uh-huh. product support, uh, field service engineering, bit of development. Um, if you've used the Pi ICU, you've probably used some of my code. Um, so I spent uh, a number of years with OSI Soft, uh, learning about the platform. Um, I, when I left OSI, I had a brief stint in oil and gas with one of our uh, enterprise customers. Mm-hmm. And for the last eight years, I've been uh, working as a systems integrator. Um, my, my interest in that, I guess, came when I was at OSI Soft. Uh, doing tech support is, is fine, but once I started getting out training and, and interacting with clients, mm-hmm. um, you really get a, a feel for what people are doing and what their problems are. Uh, you, you're delivering training and, and people are asking you, well, I have this problem, I want to do this. And it's really interesting because you're training people from all sorts of different industries. And so you get to talk about all sorts of different problems that they're looking at. That really got my interest in in moving forward because for me it was just supporting software, mm-hmm. but now it's actually dealing with problems and dealing with uh, with real world problems and finding solutions to those. So that really got me interested, and uh, now I guess as a systems integrator, I've been able to extend that because what I'm doing is is working with people in all sorts of industries and looking at solving all sorts of problems. Yeah. And, it's you know it it it's very uh, very fulfilling because there's just so much going on, and uh, it's it and it's amazing how much crossover there is between industries. Yeah. You know, you, you talk to somebody in in, in mining uh-huh. and they're trying to solve a problem, and you've already worked with somebody in in power generation to solve a similar kind of problem. And yes. So yes. it yeah. Yeah, so you and I are, are alike in that way in that, uh, you know, I worked for systems, uh, several system integrators in different industries um, uh, doing, at first it wasn't Pi work, it was it was control systems. And then um, and then I, once I found out about Pi, I kind of uh, got really excited about the whole data uh, thing and started really getting into that. And that's, and, and then you and I had met at a, several Pi worlds ago, um, mm. not even sure what year we met, but and I did want to mention to our guests that John uh, as, is coming to us all the way from Australia. So he is our uh, first international guest. So you'll always have that title now, John. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know what you mean, the crossover uh, between industries and how common these problems are that people are having. And, um, and then I love it when you can take something that you've learned from you know, one industry and then apply it to another one. And, and, and another thing I noticed too, is like some industries, they, they tend to like, uh, 
maybe use certain software or do certain things uh, all the same. So you go with that industry. It's like everybody does it the same. And then you go over to another industry where they're doing the same thing, but they're maybe using different software. And uh, that whole industry uses this other software package to solve the same problem. It's like they're all like, you can kind of see how they're in their little groups, you know, and mm. they're they're like all like learning from each other, but they're not like reaching outside their industry so much. You can, uh, I always, I found that super fascinating. Look, it, it is interesting. And, you know, that that's where you see um, events. You know, you, you mentioned PyWall that we'd met at PyWall a few years yeah. ago. That's the one sort of event, you know, or, or those kind of events where you see that crossover where people will talk to other people in different yeah. industries. Um, but otherwise, yeah, they tend to be very insular. Yeah. Uh, which, which is, I guess, a bit unfortunate because, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot that you can learn in that crossover, in that, that cross-pollination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a, a great example. So a few years ago, we, uh, we were engaged by one of our um, distribution, power distribution cu- customers, um, and they wanted to um, automate some stuff. So they, they were actually measuring um, the, the rate of leakage of, of sulfur hexafluoride from insulated substation equipment and um, they had this this spreadsheet, Excel spreadsheet, mm-hmm. where they were doing all of these calculations, getting all of this data out of Pi, doing all of these calculations. And it took somebody, you know, several hours per month to go through and do all of this so they could predict the rate of leakage and when they would need to, to top up the, the insulation gas. They wanted to automate it. <clears throat> and so we, we were able to automate it um, and, uh, took what they were doing in the spreadsheet and, and got all of that. In this case, it happened to be in Pi. Um, mm-hmm. And so that worked really well. And then a few years later, uh, I'm talking to one of my water customers um, and they had uh, a problem where, you know, we here on the Gold Coast in, in Southeast Queensland, we get big rain events in the summertime. Um, it's not quite monsoonal, but uh, so we get some pretty big, big rain events and cool. that can over, that can overwhelm the stormwater and wastewater collection systems sure and so this utility had this problem where they said well we get this this overflow from our, our wastewater collection points and sometimes the first we know about it is our customers calling up and saying there's stuff flowing down the streets oh great <laughs> so <laughs> you know so um uh, so they said look we, we want to we want to be able to get an early early warning of this and, and, uh-huh. and detect it yeah. and we looked at the problem and found that actually that the solution was almost identical to what we did for this power industry customer a few oh, years really? ago it was and so and at the end of the day it was you know a, a, a simple bit of very simple bit of predictive analytics um just implementing some linear regression on on their some of their data Mm-hmm. Um, the the solutions were almost identical. In fact, we almost copy pasted some of the solution between <laughs> those two. Um, and That's awesome. you know, and, and, and this is the thing is that you know there, there's the problems are not not too different between right. different industries, um, but they've all got their, their their different solutions, as you said, different packages, different uh-huh. software, um, but they're all trying to do the same thing. Yes. So that's a great segue into my into the uh, topic that I want to talk to you about that we, we were talking before the before the podcast started and what we could maybe uh, jump into. So I have seen working for multiple customers now and just listening to the chatter on the wire or whatever we want to call it, uh, what's going on in the world, uh, 
And um, a focus of this podcast, at least the initial focus, is around um, digital, digital transformation, that buzzword. Mm. And uh, it's just, I, I'm not really sure when it came on the scene as far as uh, the, the, the two words, but it, it has stuck. And everybody, every company I go to now, it seems like is talking about digital transformation and and in the industrial IoT world or time series data, you know, that has, uh, uh, if you're looking at operational data, right, which is what we're working with, um, this this digital transformation, t- that, that tends to get included inside of that, right? So, uh, but but from there, um, it's it seems to be a different story uh, with what 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 a company what companies are trying to do and, and where they where they are and that uh, whatever and what it means uh, those types of things. So what's your what's been your experience on that front? Uh, have you been hearing about digital transformation in Australia or is that is it not not gotten there yet? Oh no, it's definitely down here. Um, <laughs> you know, and and you, you see a lot of companies that have have successfully gone through a digital transformation. Um, others that are trying to figure out how to do it and, uh-huh. and others that are, you know, should we do it kind of thing. Um, it, it's interesting because what we see is often a digital transformation strategy um, is is more about interacting uh, with their clients, uh, their customers. You take a, let's take a power utility, for example. Mm-hmm. Um you know, a digital transformation might be, well, the way that we interact with our, our, our end users, our end clients, so that they can, you know, log into a website and be able to see up to the date what their power usage is, what's on their meter, um, and maybe all sorts of interesting little trends and metrics about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for that kind of interaction as a customer, that's pretty cool. You know, I can yeah. go and, and see all of this stuff download the data and, and do my own analysis. But when that when that starts going down into the operational side of things, I kind of look at it and think, well, how, how does that really apply? Uh, on the operational side, digital data and, and, and digital work has, has been going on for years and years. You know, getting data out of control systems yeah. into, a, into a package, you know, some kind of historian, uh, analyzing it, um, that's that hasn't changed in in many years. Mm-hmm. The packages might might change, but the concept hasn't. And so, what does it mean for them to do a digital transformation? And that's the kind of question I ask. What would you do differently that you're not doing now? Mm-hmm. And one of the areas that we tend to 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 see you know, is of interest is you know being able to do things more efficiently. We want to be able to. Uh, do predictive analytics and condition-based mm-hmm. monitoring, all of these um, operational technology type buzzwords, I suppose. Right. Uh, and, and so that's great, you know, because again, in the case of, of, you know, you've got an engineer that's looking at this data and doing all of this manual analysis, um, let's digitize that. You know, the, 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 the tools and the technology are out there now that you don't need to have these highly qualified engineers doing mm-hmm. grunt work analysis that's what machines are for um, let them then interpret the analysis results and and put their engineering knowledge and experience to, to better use and that's the kind of digital transformation that we would see especially in our industrial and and, and operational type clients mm-hmm. um, 
the, the, the kind of questions that we ask our customers in that area, um, you know, to try and help them understand because, you know, usually digital transformation initiative has come down from the sea level. Um, right. You know, yeah. CIOs, you know, been, been reading the industry mags and, yep, we need to do this. And so we're going to go through and do all of this. Um, and, you know, there are parts of the business that, that really need that kind of transformation. And there are other parts that, that what, what, what exactly would that look like? How do you do that? And, and how will it add value? And that tends to be down the operational side of things. Um, bringing in some new, uh, new concepts. Uh, you know, everyone's talking about data science these days. Yeah. Uh, let's apply data science to the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, that's great. Uh, I've seen a couple of my clients um, bring in, you know, hire a data scientist or three and, and throw them at some problems. And it doesn't often work out Mm-hmm. so well for them you know they spend a lot of money on, on on this this project but they get very little out of it right part of the part of the problem there is they don't necessarily have well-defined problems um the data scientists that they they bring in very smart in in, in what they do but often don't have much of an idea about what the operation is they don't understand what the processes are mm-hmm. um you know we one one client in in the oil and gas industry um, brought in a, a data scientist to do some work, and they're asking for all of this data, you know, based on classic um, requirements for cleansing and and normalizing data. Mm-hmm. And you've got to try and tell them, well, the the, the equipment actually doesn't produce data at at, at a one second interval, um, and so you want a year's worth of data at one second intervals. We don't have it at that granularity. Um, and you know you're not going to get any any real information out of that kind of data for that process. Right. And so I think I, I, I think when when companies decide well we're going to apply data science as part of our transformation because we want all these you know UBUD analytics, um, they they have to to find people that are willing to learn about the industrial processes that the company works with. Um, go spend some time out on the plant floor or out in the field or wherever it is, mm-hmm. see how it actually works, see what's doing. Um, because then they come back with a better appreciation of what it is that they're looking for. Um, and we've seen that as being a key differentiator between the success and failure of a data science project within uh, within an OT customer's uh, environment. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, the, the successful projects that I've seen uh, data science projects, and and most of them have not been that successful to date that I've seen. But the few that I have, it tends to be a team, like a cross-functional team. So you have uh, you have some operational people that have a lot of experience that uh, can get in there and kind of like uh, wrangle that data scientist guy or gal um, into um, you know to help them along the way because because it's just like you're saying uh, when people. You know, uh, data scientists are smart people. Um, the the ones that are, you know, the ones that I'm thinking of that that uh, your classic PhD type of person that's very good at mathematics, um, that kind of stuff. They're not. They didn't spend their life in the operational world. Mm. <laughs> you know, they didn't. They didn't spend their life in some industry. They're they've been in. Uh, you know, they've been 
going deep into this stuff and I got a lot of respect for for sure uh, that's you know something that requires a lot of effort and talent and um, smarts but uh, yeah they don't uh, necessarily uh, yeah they, they need help they need support and they need to and and, ha and like you said they need to really understand how operational data can be somewhat different than other types of other data sets right uh, that's a big one. That's right, and and you know you you can't afford to just let them loose and, and go do stuff. They they have to have those strong interactions with the subject matter experts, uh, with the engineers, with the operational people. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's what makes the difference between a, a success and a failure in those kind of projects. Um, and you know sometimes also you know we we see some clients that. Um, are looking at every new shiny technology that comes out. Mm -hmm. um, great, we're going to jump into Azure IoT or Azure Machine Learning or AWS this and that. Yeah. Um, without necessarily a clear idea of what they expect to get out of it. Yeah. And as you know, those those sort of platforms don't come cheap. Um, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> and and. You know, again, it's it's separating um, the hype and the buzzwords from you know what are the real outcomes that we want to get, what what do we see as as being a, a core problem that we're trying to solve, and what's the kind of solution that we're looking for. Um, when you've got that kind of idea, then you can go ahead and start looking at the tooling to get you there, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe some of those great new platforms. Uh, are exactly what's needed. Um, because again, you, you look at what's coming out of, of, of the, the AWS world with all of their different analytics platforms and components. Um, Azure is catching up. They, I think Azure is still playing catch up in that yeah. space, but they've got some pretty cool stuff as well. But you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out of there and, and, and a lot of it works well with operational data. But you've got to have an idea of what's the problem we're trying to solve. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and again, we've seen people spending, you know, lots and lots of money and lots and lots of engineering time and effort, um, but they don't have any clear answers. And, you know, that's, again, a, a flag for failure, I think. Yeah. Is a, it, you know, a key, a key thing that I heard, um, I've heard come up several times now um, is outcomes versus outputs. And, uh, it's it's a, it's kind of a buzzy too, but there's there's a you know cliches are definitely usually a cliche for a reason because they're probably very there's a lot of truth behind it, and that out outcomes, you know, looking for you know what are you what are you actually going to get out of this? Um, what problem are you solving? Uh, what kind of value is it going to deliver? You know those types of things. That's an outcome, right? Where the output is just yeah we 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 created a data lake. <laughs> You know, that's an output. Yeah. It didn't do anything, right? I mean, it's like, woohoo, data lake, all right, you know, celebrate. Good job, team. And uh, and a lot of money, but it's like, you didn't get it, you didn't get any, nothing happened, right? I've seen that. And that's like, it's almost, it's like almost unbelievable. And, and it would be funny if it wasn't tragic on how much money that costs. Like you said, these are, you know, uh, not inexpensive platforms. No. Yeah, and, 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 and that loops right back to the beginning of what we were talking about too, is that, you know, 
Um, every time I go into an engagement with a client, um, whether it's a new client or an existing client that, that comes up with a new project, we're always asking, what, what's the problem we're trying to solve and what are the outcomes that you're looking for? And um, it, it's, it's a fundamental question because if, if the customer can't clearly elaborate on that, mm-hmm. then you, know, you as the, as the, the project person who are coming in to, to do that project have been set up to fail straight away. Um, yeah. and, and it doesn't matter what the project is. If you can't elucidate this is the problem, this is the outcome that we're looking for, um, it's, it's just not going to work. You know, we, we, we're working with some clients at the moment um, doing, uh, doing, doing all sorts of interesting stuff at the moment, but one of the big ones we're working on is, is environmental data, managing environmental data. Um, when you're a, a utility, for example, that's fairly important because mm-hmm. your license to operate is often... Uh, based around the way that you interact with the environment and, and the way that you manage your environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, 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 there's real world problems there that we, we look at and we, we, we have a project like the one we work on at the moment where the, the, the problem is um, we're not managing our environmental data very well. As a result, things are happening that are causing us to breach or potentially breach our, our, license to operate um, and that causes potential problems to the business mm-hmm. so there's a real world problem that's been defined and the outcome is we want to be able to 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 have automation of when the data comes in that we're getting properly notified and alerted when the conditions are going to be breached or have mm-hmm. been breached mm-hmm. so that we can we can fix things there's a clear clear outcome defined right. as well um, and we're not doing anything hugely um, special with this. You know, there, there's no real fancy advanced analytics and machine learning or anything like that being applied here. But it is a digital transformation for this environment department because what they've what they've been doing to date has been somewhat manual, right. and now we're now we're helping them to, to to digitize all of the data in one place. They've got um, they've, they've they've got the kinds of visual analysis that they need to to do what they do, and they're getting notified of, of problems before they become problems, um, and that's a big transformation. Yeah. For for this particular company. Yeah. Um, and you know we, we 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 we're seeing some early wins with that. You know, clear problem, clear outcome that they want, um, and. They're, they're on they're on track to, to achieve that yeah and you know it's 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 cool when that happens because the technology is amazing you know the uh, cloud technology the the uh, uh, you know all the databases now all the capabilities um, connectivity uh, you name it I mean it is it is just truly I'm, I'm in awe of how how much things have changed in the last 10 years and um, what what we what, what is possible now and I think that, you know, if you go back to, to two, early 2000s when we had the internet bubble, right? I think it was a similar situation where everybody saw this in, the internet, right? And it was like, this is going to transform our world. And it was true. It wasn't just good. It wasn't going to happen in a year, though. And so a huge amount of money just poured in to anybody that was doing anything with the internet. And everybody started jumping on the, uh, you know, whatever, you name it, you know, and, and then that came to a halt, like 
boom, right away, right? <laughs> with that bubble burst. So we maybe it's similar here with, with the technology is just so, so incredible that people are just kind of like, you know what, this, I don't know what this technology is going to do, but it's going to like make us a lot of money. And so let's just start investing in everything and anything and not have a plan uh, at all and not really have an understanding at all. So we're probably going to go through maybe, I don't know, I'm just thinking, and, and I'm curious what you think, but maybe we're going to go through this transition period where uh, some of the hype and uh, some of this massive amount of money that's basically being wasted and thrown away right now because nobody, they don't know what they're doing. They just, they just, companies just know they need to just invest in it because it's such, so, so, so amazing. Um, that'll probably like maybe cool off a little bit when people realize, you know, you just can't throw money at the problem. It's going to have, you actually have to, uh, people have to catch up and start figuring it out and you're going to have kind of like a plan. Uh, and it just can't come as an initiative without anything behind it. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think maybe that's the case, Lonnie, because um, you know, going going back to where we see people, you know, jumping headfirst into all of these new cloud technologies and analytics platforms, it may well be that that they're they're calling that budget their R and D budget. Let's see what this can do for us. You know, we 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 we've got some problems. Um, we know what they are. We don't know whether this will help us, but someone sees the potential in it, just like someone saw the potential in this whole web thing and internet thing 20 years ago. Um, and that may well be the case. And that that could could be what's required here is that someone just has to go and spend some time and money and, and see what is it that that's going to do for our mm -hmm. business. And it may well be that they they, they become the, the the visionary that that early on in the in the piece found the thing that really made a difference to their business yeah um and you know we we have to be careful not to not to engage in down here in australia what we call tall poppy syndrome um okay. where you know some, some, someone someone's rising above the crowd and you don't sort of cut them down because yeah. they're, they're they're standing out from the crowd um like you know that. it's it, it's it, it's a thing and I think companies that are willing to take some risk uh -huh. and say, well, you know, here's something new. We think it could be useful for us. We don't have a clearly defined problem as yet, but we think that this might, might make a difference, mm -hmm. positive difference the way we do things. Um, and that's definitely a good thing. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you don't, you don't innovate, you don't really grow and, and, and progress without some kind of risk taking yeah. in that area yeah that's a great and, point and you know so i i have to be careful saying that you know well if you don't have a clearly defined problem statement what do you what are you doing wasting all this money on it because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a good that's a fair point right i mean it's like it's easy to, it's easy to kind of like to bash people that are out there trying it right and and trying to do something and it's probably not in it from their perspective i'm sure it's not a situation where they just feel like they're wasting millions of dollars right um, people typically just don't, uh, especially, you know, higher level, uh, management C, C level and that kind of, they, 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 they didn't get there by just throwing away tons of money. So, um, so I think that, uh, so I think that, you know, when I think, I think the problem is, is when it gets down to, you know, to where, okay, where the rubber meets the road, right. We're okay. We're, we're going to actually do something now. I think there's a struggle 
with how to apply this, right? And 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 so it's 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 probably like relatively straightforward to like set up the tooling and set up the platform, but I think it's way tougher to to solve problems with it, you know, than people maybe there's maybe under underestimating the amount of effort it's going to take or or what it's yeah whatever it's going to take the one company that i saw that had a had a really successful approach to it was they started out doing very specific uh trying to solve very difficult problems that they had already identified to get an understanding of what uh what this is, right? What what is a uh, machine learning? What is predictive analytics? How how can it be used? And they they had data scientists and they worked with data scientists and they kind of got experience. Uh, and then they built the platform. Um, and so now they're now they're at, you know they're they're like five six years into it and they're building this massive cloud platform. But they know why they need it, right? And they're selecting their they're they're selecting the uh, the technology very carefully because they know they have a sense of what they're trying to accomplish. And I think that's where it gets hard. If you're, if you're, if you're like on the tooling and all the shiny objects and you're just like, Oh, this is so amazing. But you're, you haven't like taken the time to get some experience in whatever industry you're in. So, um, but I think, yeah, we can't, we got to be careful about jump, you know, getting on anybody for, for taking a risk, uh, and innovating because, you know, you don't want to be, we don't want to be those people where we're just like, oh yeah, yeah, you guys are, you know, you guys don't know what you're doing. You're wasting a bunch of money and uh, I could do it better because I, you know, I'm not a data scientist. I'm not trying to do those types of projects. I'm trying to help people do them. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, what it is that, what, what makes it, I guess, wh when is it successful and when is it not, su not successful and why? You know, um, how can it, how can the approach be changed a little bit or whatever, or what, what's needed um, and what other people think about that. So, but that's a great point. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned the, the, the learning aspect too, is that, you know, often those, those sort of projects with those new platforms are started where you're learning how to do stuff with that mm -hmm. technology. Um, and there's, there's value in that as well, because, um, you know, it, it's not just the particular platform that you're learning, but but sometimes it might actually be gaining experience with techniques and principles and concepts that can be applied. And, and maybe that particular platform isn't what you choose. You go you go to a competitor's platform, mm -hmm. but you already know ahead of time the concepts that you want. And uh, and yeah, at, at the end of the day, some of it is about just innovating. Yeah. And, you know, in, in, in the business world, we often hear the, the, the term, you know, you innovate or die. Um, at least down, down here, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> and you can't, you, you can't be static. You can't stay still. Um, companies have to, to continually innovate in, in what they do in order to grow, to grow their business, to stay competitive um, and to be able to, to, keep producing what their clients and their customers want and the 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 technology landscape is changing so fast and and there's such a depth of of tooling and platforms available now that there's no 
no shortage of, of options for companies to look at how they innovate yeah. and maintain that competitive edge. And that's really what it's about. That's why they're in business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, John, this has been awesome. Uh, amazing conversation. I can't believe. I told you the time is going to fly by quickly, right? <laughs> yes. I might have to think about making these podcasts longer, but I haven't done enough of them yet to figure out if 30 minutes. I'm trying to keep them around 30 minutes or so. But yeah, so I think we're, we're probably, this is like a really, uh, yeah, this has been a great conversation. And um, I really uh, appreciate hearing your thoughts on this and 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 having you come on and share share what, what you're up to um so for those that uh want to uh maybe if they want to contact you or find you online what's the best way to get a hold of you uh feel free to email me directly at john.messenger at gtsgroup.com.au oh yeah AU. awesome <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks. Thanks again, John, for uh, being on uh, Time Lords podcast. Uh, all right, folks, that's it for today. Um, I'm Lonnie Bowling, and I hope you join me next time for the Time Lords podcast.